Welcome to episode eight of Cup of Jonas Show. Today I'm joined by Kenny, Cody, Jared, hello, and I am Nick. Today we're talking about Glory Road, a film that was released in 2006. Um, yes, yeah, I, I know it now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and um, this was my first encounter with this movie. Actually, I had never until a couple. I think the first episode we did our favorite movies, and you brought it up. That was the first time I'd ever heard about it. So. Back in November of last year, I guess. But yeah, so that was, that was my first encounter with it. Today was my first time actually watching it. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to review this movie. It's, it's been good, I think. Yeah, this was my first time ever hearing about it either. Kenny brought it up about two days ago. And I looked at the cast list and saw that it had like five or six people I knew and really liked their work. So I was really excited to see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's kind of the history. I don't really know if we need to go into the history of of uh <laughs> what's, what's Kenny Ken- watching it cuz no, I think no, uh, that's that's going to be interesting though like what was your why would you, why did you watch it for the first time what was your what made you say this is a movie I need to see well it wasn't me saying it, it my parents mm. showed it to me okay mm-hmm. and i loved it from the start um cuz i'm a, i'm a basketball guy so right how many uh how many times have you watched it Kenny ballpark Ballpark hundred plus. Oh my gosh, that's impressive. Mm-hmm. I understand why you have it downloaded on Amazon now. Yeah, I really do. Like on on the smartphones that I I have and previously had before, I had this movie on there too. <laughs> <laughs> Your phone's out of storage. I can't delete Glory Road. I'm sorry. These pictures of you have to go. <laughs> <laughs> but we can just buy you the 4K Blu-ray. <laughs> No, <laughs> no, no! I have to have a copy of it at all times. No, okay, that's cool though. I'm yeah, that's cool. That's like a childhood film that you've just kind of held on to, and now it's always on you. It is. That's yeah, true. Yeah, it yeah. <laughs> you. It's strapped in your pocket all the time. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Well, yeah. Go ahead and uh, Kenny's gonna give us a nice plot overview. We figured he should do it. Let's uh, <laughs> he's seen it a hundred plus times now. <laughs> he probably could uh, give you a better definition. Anyways, hand it over to Kenny. Done talking. <laughs> So the the whole movie is it, it based on a true story. Now we all know here, obviously, that Hollywood and real and real life stories are completely different, and this is one of those. Um, so the true story is nothing like this one. Um, we're not talking about the true story. We're talking about the Hollywood version. If you want to know the true story, you can look it up yourself. <laughs> Um, but I highly recommend you do because it's actually really, really good. Um, anyway, back to the Hollywood version. Uh, it was directed by James Gartner, um, and the producer is Jerry Bruckheimer. I know. He's not even well-known in Hollywood at all. Like TV shows with CSI, who even knows about that? <laughs> yeah, or, and, or and National Treasure? Yeah. <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean who? (laughs) Right, exactly. Who is Johnny Depp? I don't (laughs) know who that is. Exactly. Um, All joking aside, though, he's a really good producer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He's a legend. Oh, yes, of course. Um, So, uh, really, the main character, um, obviously, is Don Haskins. Um, 
So he was Texas Western's head coach in 1961. He was not hired in 66, as the movie states. Okay. Oh, I see. So that's a big that's a big change. So he was actually there for five years before he won the national championship. Mm. But so in his in his college days, he played at Oklahoma A and M, which is now Oklahoma State, hmm. and played for Henry Iba, who is a legend. We're not talking about him either. <laughs> so, um, so before he was actually hired at um, Texas Western, now called University of Texas at El Paso, uh, he was a girls basketball coach. Um, so when he got hired on in 60, 61, uh, he went, he won like 15, 15 games. Um, so the year before in 65, uh, he went 18 and six, and went to the uh, NIT. Um, for those of you who are not really basketball nuts, NIT is short for National Invitational Tournament, mm, which okay. is a subversion of the NCAA tournament with lesser lesser teams. Um, so in '66, he went. They went 28 and one. Won the national championship, beat Kansas, who is a blue blood school in college basketball, mm-hmm. beat Kentucky in the national championship, um, which was just absolutely impressive, and only played seven players in the national championship. All of his black players. Mm. Um so he, he compiled a completely stacked um, resume at Texas Western before retiring in 1999. So he finished he finished 719 and 353 at Texas Western. That's a very yeah. positive ratio. <laughs> um, he won 14 Western Athletic Conference championships, um, four WAC titles. WAC is a conference. Oh, not, okay. Not like whack <laughs> crazy title it, it's a conference um uh, 14 ncaa tournament bursts hmm? uh seven nit trips and 17 20 plus win seasons wow so dude is a legend he is in the naismith hall of fame for college basketball um dude's a rock star yeah sounds like it and just mm-hmm. just for clarification the the movie is covering the season in 66 yes okay. the movie covers only the 1966 season okay um so big stars obviously uh the guy who plays don haskin is don haskins is josh lucas um and he was in yellowstone um ford versus ferrari Oh, he is I in d- Ford versus Ferrari. I did You're see, right. Yes, I mm-hmm. recognize him somewhere. And I think this may be a chick flick. We may have to do research and come back to this part. <laughs> but I think this is a chick flick. Uh, sweet, sweet Alabama. I don't know. Never even heard of it. Maybe that is weird that I never heard of it. But I don't know. It's okay. It's fine. But I definitely know him from Ford versus Ferrari. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, th- I think most people are going to know him from Ford versus Ferrari, which was At a least great recently. movie, by the way. Mm. Yes, it was. Um, another one is 
John Voight. He plays Adolph Rupp, Kentucky's head coach. And this guy has been in numerous movies and TV shows. Uh, TV shows like 24. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's in Transformers. National Treasure, too, by the way. He's classic. He is Mm -hmm. classic in that, yeah. And Woodlawn, which was a football movie. And he played uh, Paul Bear Bryant, Alabama's head coach. He's just a head coach kind of guy when you see him. You see mm-hmm. him right. like, oh, I can see that. So I got to give I gotta give a fun fact that I actually didn't know, which is actually kind of cool. So he was cast to play President uh, Franklin D. Roosevelt mm-hmm. in Pearl Harbor because Gene Hackman, who's in Hoosiers, yeah. declined the role. Really? Wow. Yeah. Oof. So I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. And right. he, he also he plays the bad guy in this. Quote unquote, yeah, 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 kind of. He does, and he also played the bad guy in the first Mission Impossible. So he's got, he's got a, every genre under the sun. He's basically, he's been there. Yeah, he has actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I forgot he was in Mission Impossible. Yep. Yeah, you're right. Anyways, that's my story. And then we got um, Derek Luke, who plays Bobby Joe Hill, the amazing point guard for Texas Western. Um, and he was in Captain America, the first Avenger. Um, yeah, Gabe Gabe Jones was his character name. Was he? Was it one of the characters like that was on the Cap's team that I'm he would go into bat into like I'm missions? I'm assuming with? it has to be. I mean, there's nothing Unless else. Unless he was at the he was on the the base at the beginning. I don't Maybe know. I don't know. Anyways, interesting um, fact. Yeah, uh, he was in Friday Night Lights. Oh, Booby Miles, mm-hmm. and then Thirteen Reasons Why, TV show. I watched the first little bit of that, and I couldn't get past it. It was too dark for me. <laughs> it is very dark. Yeah, that's true. I've never seen that film. My sister has, or mm-hmm. the TV series rather. But and then um, Austin Nichols, who plays Jerry Armstrong, um, and he was in just a couple ones. The couple just stood out to me. Uh, the day after tomorrow. Oh, that's the movie with uh, the movie about like uh, climate uh, climate change. Yeah, it's got uh, what, uh, oh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know if I've ever seen it. The, the poster you is have. the ice-covered uh, Statue of Liberty. When yeah, well, yeah, when uh, New York it goes after New York, um, and it's got all the snow, hurricanes, and all that. Hmm. I don't think I have. The poster's iconic. Wow guess we have to watch that now yeah <laughs> um and he was in the walking dead he had one of the craziest deaths in the walking dead if you're faint of heart don't look for it but if you're really interested it is one of the most iconic deaths in the entire show hmm. interesting all right we're gonna jump right into the plot now okay um all right so it's actually kind of a short plot, obviously, because it's mostly basketball. <laughs> it's just the majority of basketball Duh, games. I mean, yeah. So uh, hired on as a Texas Western coach in movie says 66. So we're just kind of go look. Yeah, just go with the movie says. says yeah. so, you gave the backstory. Yeah. Um, so they kind of – it was true that they kind of lacked the financial aspect of everything. They weren't, you know – out there looking for players all the time or what have you, and they weren't competing for 
NCAA tournament bursts or national championships or anything like that. So the the guys that he wants, he wants, you know, guys that actually want to compete and all that stuff. He doesn't want, you know, guys that are bench riders, right. <laughs> I guess. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the guys that he, he saw that he was basically given were not ones that he really wanted to use. He wanted he wanted to bring in his own guys, obviously. Didn't um, want to have to ride the coattails of someone who had already brought those players mm. on. Right, right. Um <coughs> and they were and the guys that were there were kind of raw and they lacked the talent that he wanted them to have. Mm. So um they go out, they they look for players at different uh scouting areas. Um and at the time, this is during the whole racial aspect of the United States where mostly colleges, um, specifically the, the, the cream of the crop schools like Duke, Kansas, Kentucky, were getting all the good white white players. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't a lot of schools going after, you know, all of the African-American black um, players. Mm-hmm. So they were kind of left out to dry basically um so when they go when he don haskins and his um, assistants go out to look for players he's trying to get you know the good white players because well why time why wouldn't you right um and when he does all of those players decline or they're already going to kansas kentucky duke what have you so he kind of he's starting starting to realize that you know if i want to get players that want to come here i probably should start looking at the black players um so he does the first one that the movie shows that him going after is bobby joe hill um so (laughs) he goes and asks um i'm gonna say some guy because the movie never says who the guy is um after the scouting game so he goes and asks and Guy was like, you can't be playing this kind of ball, dude. Um, but he's like, just tell me where I can find him. So he goes down into the locker room, and Bobby Joe is kind of packing up stuff and leaving for the night. And he's Don Hassan asks, do you uh, do you want to come and play at Texas Western? And the guy was like, uh, uh, Bobby Joe goes, uh, like, ever since I was a kid. I, I've dreamed of playing basketball and it's what I've grown up with and he says it's like making sweet music music with your game and he says the only thing is you don't want to hear the song thinking that the only reason why uh, Don was actually talking to him was because he wanted him to ride the bench right. and just doing it out of well, I kind of have to, mm-hmm. but Token. I don't want to. Yeah, right. like, yeah. 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 It means a very powerful scene. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, Don goes, that's not the reason why I'm talking to you. I want you to play. I want you to actually be a starter on the team. And so um, um, oh, Bobby Joe gets um, kind of upset and slams the locker closed and walks out. You get to the gym, and that's where, you know, you actually hear Don go, I actually want you to start an NCAA, in the NCAA. Like, you're going to start college ball. Um, 
which is not something that a black player would do right off the bat, obviously, mm-hmm. in that time. So he, Bobby Joe gets brought in. And then um, it goes to Don and his assistants, um, Mo, um, who actually followed him for most of his career. And um, <coughs> the I need to look up the actual guy's name because it's gonna is uh, uh, Ross Moore, the spiritual advisor of the team. Yes, yeah, that was that was. Are funny. these as so the the first guy Mo you said he's the younger guy in the movie. Yeah, he's the younger guy who kind of. Uh, yeah, he's who gets his clothes taken? Yeah, <laughs> we'll get to yes, we'll get to that. Yes, yes. Um. So yeah, it cuts to them, and I'm assuming a bar. It looked like a bar, and they're um, playing pool. And Mo actually, I think he, he like it finally clicks that the players on his scouting list are black players. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Don goes, "Well, I need players who can. I want players who can rebound the ball." That's basically it. He wasn't. He never said, "I'm looking for black players." He said, "I just want players who can play." And so Ross Moore's like kind of gave him like the unofficial rules back then of how to use black players, like play two at home, three on the road, what have you. Um, he does that, and then Mo <laughs> Mode's like. We're yeah, I have. We have to go to New York. How are we gonna get out there? Because and Don hands them. I think it's like a hundred bucks. Yeah, he's like, a wad of money. Yeah, yeah. oh, I think maybe like seven hundred bucks or yeah, whatever. It was like it was a wild. It was, it was, it was everything it was, he had in his wallet. It seemed <laughs> it was pretty <laughs> close to that. He goes, "You're on the first bus to New York tomorrow. Like going to New York to recruit black players. You're white. That's." Well, and he didn't have a lot of like information on these people. He knew their names, right? Exactly. Like that's all. I mean, and, and maybe it's different than the li- the real life story too. But I mean, in the movie, he just has like a list of these names that this guy from New York has given him. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's it. Like, that's all he has, and he just has to go find these people. And you're <laughs> like, okay, like, and, and like, this is the '60s. You can't just look on their Facebooks to see where they live. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. You, actually you have to gotta, go to, like, phone books and yeah, you actually gotta ask go, around. Or actually go yeah. and, and find the people. And that's what he does. And he does. And so so Mo goes out to New York to recruit, um, I think, four players while um, Don and Ross go drive up to Gary to recruit two players. Um, so while Mo's out in New York, <laughs> he has a weird interaction, a run-in, a run-in with um, the players that he's recruiting and the other players that are playing with the ones that he's trying to – the Texas Western's trying to recruit. Um, and he uses the word colored, which is what they would use back then too. But the – all the players were like, "Did you just call us colored?" And they're the only people there, <laughs> right, right? Exactly. And then it's like one of <coughs> one of the um, the players um, 
wasn't being recruited was like I don't think he was talking about no television set either. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Kind of making like like a, like a joke of it, but mm-hmm. it really wasn't a joke. It was. Oh yeah. It was like so, uh, Mo gets. Looks like he got his clothes taken away. <laughs> Just some of them. He's not like butt naked in n- New York. He's or left anything. with a tank top and a white tank top and white shorts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very Knee high, like, almost like an- well, ankle high socks and mm-hmm. shoes. Mm-hmm. It just did, it, did he lose his car too? I think he they lost said, the they car. They said something about you got a nice car, Mister. Right, exactly. And then he and then he asked Nicole. Cool, he's on the phone with with uh, the coach Don Haskins, and he's like, "You think you could wire me, me another? You think you can wire me another hundred dollars?" <laughs> <laughs> and then it just it. It zooms out to just a picture of him <laughs> in the phone booth with his clothes gone. Right, right, exactly. It's, it's so funny. Um, and then while Don and Ross are up in Gary, they um, find um, Harry Flournoy, who was one of the guys they were going after, uh, playing one-on-one with um, another guy while they're at work. And he's trying to ask Harry to talk to him. He's like, hey, kid, you got a minute. Well, Harry looks over. He he sees Don. Who, I mean, he doesn't know him yet, but he yeah. sees a white guy standing at the fence in a black w- neighborhood. In a black neighborhood, and he's asking him to come over and talk to him. Usually, talking. That's not good. Usually, talking to means. Th- yeah. In that in that time was it could mean literally anything. Exactly. So they start walking off. Well, Don, <laughs> they go. It cuts to um, the two. Two guys, uh, Harry and the other guy, like walking in the inside the fence, and then um, Don and Ross are in the car, and Don goes, "Hey kid, you got a minute again?" They're like, "All right, we need to like we need to go." Book it. <laughs> and, like, and they start running. So and then it cuts to Harry trying walking back to his to his house. Um, obviously, he lived. Looks like it, the movie picture uh, depicts him living with, with his mom. Mm-hmm. Um, so he goes in. He tells his mom, "It's like I had a weird run in with uh, with a white guy," um, and he's like, "I'm just dying for a piece of that." And it, he pauses because he realizes as he comes around the corner, as he co- yeah uh, around the corner <laughs> that well, Don beat him to his own house. His own house. <laughs> the power of a car. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Don is eating. The piece of that of uh, uh, the, the, the piece of the pie, I n- it looks like apple pie, but it could be peach. Okay, I don't know. I think they might have a said very apple specific pie. detail that we need to know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh yes, yes, very specific. Call the it, estate of Don Haskins and ask him what pie was he really <laughs> eating. <laughs> yes, exactly. So and then <clears throat> Harry sits. Well. Harry doesn't sit down. His mom makes him sit down because she, <laughs> she goes, uh, he, this guy here wants you to play basketball at Texas Western for under a scholarship. Um, full ride, too. He's at, full, he's, yeah, yeah. full ride. Full ride. For all these players. Exactly. Um, and, you know, Harry's kind of like, well, I, I have work. I, there's schools here. Um, and his mom is be- – Basically, his mom got the pitch from Don, and she loved it, and she was on board. And whatever Harry said didn't matter because he was going to Texas Western anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, Harry Flournoy gets recruited. 
um, well, his mom got recruited, and here he <laughs> went to Texas Wesleyan. Let's just be honest here. And while we're talking about him, uh, I don't know if you're going to bring it up later, but the actor who plays him, uh, Mechhead Brooks, is he's a kind of a more modern legend in his own right. He got to play um, Jax in the new Mortal Kombat movie that came out a few years ago. Mm. And he was Jimmy Olsen in the Supergirl TV show on the CW. A Mm. character that's usually Mm. a white redhead in the comics and stuff. They cast a black man to play him. Which really speaks to how good of an actor he is. That they would choose to get rid of the whole, well, in the comics, to actually pick the person who's right for the job. Except that they canceled the show. <laughs> well, they, they finished it. They did the whole They did the whole run. Oh, okay. That's good. They did a five or six season run, and for most of it, it was, it was solid. He was one of the reasons why it was so solid. Mm. He was the heart and soul of that show for a while. Well, I... Okay, well, I don't have to bring it up. I'll just ex- give a little bit more. So, yeah, Harry, Harry Floor and I played by, you know, we well, we already know, um, Mechhead Brooks. Uh, he was also in Desperate Housewives for th- 05, 06. Hmm. True Blood. Oh, wow, didn't, didn't know about these either. I don't watch any of that stuff. Um, he was in 10 episodes of Law & Order. Oh, that's a the, recurring the, character. The reg- the reg- he was a detective in the regular Law & Order. Uh, detective in Law and Order Organized Crime, uh, just one episode, and two episodes of Law and Order SVU. Oh wow! So he had a he had a pretty good so Law and Order this, career. This this dude is like stacked. Actually, he's still in Law and Order because that's twenty two uh, twenty two. Yeah, because they just brought that back, didn't they? Yeah. So, the dude's got a pretty good career. Career. Hmm. Yeah, I just got my thing. I really like him as an actor, so I really wanted to make sure that we brought that out. I don't mind. I don't mind that little tangent. I loved it. Um, so I got to remember where we left off. Harry Flournoy and Gary. Yeah, yeah, so you he, got, got he gets recruited. recruited yeah, by he his gets mom. recruited, and then um, then it goes to. Um, I gotta like remember all the characters. So we got Willie Worsley, um, then. Uh, Willie Cager, uh, his nickname in the movie. We'll, we'll find that out. We'll find that out later. His, uh, Scoops, and then um, Neville Shedd are in a bus. They're traveling to El Paso, and they're kind of like making jokes about all oh, the landscape because it looks different than what they've seen. Roadkill on the side of the road. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So they're like, it's probably like, it's probably like. Uh, former players on the side of the road trying to get back to New York. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because yeah. yeah, these are the three that were recruited then, in New York. And then um, Neville Shed asks um, uh, Willie for a dime because he wants to call his mom because he he was like, "I'm going to be the first black man on the moon." Because <laughs> they thought they were on the well, he thought he was on the moon. And then um, so we have that, and then they get to uh, the the campus. And they're they're walking around and they're like joking about like you see like a bunch of guys wearing cowboy hats and they're like very stereotypical very, very Texas te- yeah very Texas men walking around and they're like howdy 
and then you got the uh, the bat the, the music going is a uh, um, mariachi band mm-hmm. playing, and they're like, well, "Hola." <laughs> they that actually pronounced funny. it "Hola," not "Ola." Mm-hmm. It's "Hola." <laughs> I love the emphasis on the H. Mm-hmm. It, it was just hilarious. Um, then they get there, and then. Um, the uh, the one guy that they're trying to rec- the main guy they were actually trying to recruit the whole time uh, they mispronounce his name so the 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 movie says that it's David Latin mm-hmm. it's not right it's David Latin oh hmm. yes I wonder I wonder why they made that change because yeah, they called him Lapin throughout the whole thing yeah and they had uh, Don Haskins himself makes a cameo in the movie, so I, I would I would assume that he would make sure they change that, you know. You would think unless it might have been a directorial decision, or they just didn't really. I it doubt it's it a. It didn't I doubt it's anybody? a fluke. I I doubt it's got to be intentional for some reason. Yeah. That stuff doesn't really get past most people. Right. Yeah. Especially if you're like, the person that this movie's about is mm. in the movie himself. Right. Well, and I mean, it also could be, well, even if Don Haskins knew, I mean, he was pretty old at the time the movie came out. Yeah, he did die two years after the movie right. came out. So he may have, like, not realized. Yeah. So, and plus, he only made one appearance in the movie. Mm-hmm. He was at a gas station. Yeah, it's like, just a cameo, blinking, you miss it. Right, exactly. So, David Latine shows up, but we'll call him David Latin. Yes, they call him in the movie. Yeah, exactly. So he shows up in a car, a sick car, by the way. Mm. Um, opens the door, and then all the other black guys come out, and they're like, "Dang, man!" One, um, one guy, uh, <coughs> Orston Artis, like puts out his hand to like shake his hand. David Latin just puts his suitcase right in his hand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was that was pretty funny. <laughs> it was pretty funny. That was pretty funny. Um, and you know, Willie Worsley and all of them. No, well, uh, Willie Worsley was the guy who was went up to him to try and shake his hand, and then Orston was the one who said, <laughs> um, Willie got really mad because he, he I think he put the suitcase back in his car, and then <laughs> Willie Worsley goes, I'm gonna, I'm like, I'm gonna tear this guy apart, and it's like, Arson's like, mm, no, you're not, because it's gonna take seven of uh, like. Five guys, your height, the rip, rip. Three the guy, guys, your height. Three, three guys, guys, your height, the <laughs> yeah. rip. The boys' picture in half. Yeah. <laughs> so, so a lot. Uh, there's a lot of times where all of the um, the black players are like joking around and like making fun of each other, um, calling each other names. But it's all in good fun. Like you but definitely yeah, tell that they all are respectful to each right, other. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and then. So in the lunchroom, and they actually meet. Um, so <laughs> the whole, the whole scene. Um, I'm not gonna go into what all the black players said to each other because it's hilarious. But um, they, uh, Neville Shed wants a hot dog, or hot doggo. Um, he doesn't get a hot doggo. He only he gets, gets not. He gets nacho. nacho. <laughs> <laughs> the only option are nacho, taco, taco. and burrito. Oh it was a great scene. <laughs> and it so, just drags on hot dog go. Yeah, he actually <laughs> pronounces it as hot dog go. Nacho. Burrito. 
<laughs> so, and then they uh, they sit down with. It's kind of weird that they would sit with the team. Obviously, they must have met the other players before mm-hmm. this, but they sit down at the same table as uh, the other players who are both um, Mexican and and the white players. Um, and then Jerry Armstrong, Austin Nichols, is the one who is like kind of like looking down the table to see the other players and you know uh, the other black players. Obviously, they realize that what he's doing, and they're like, "What are you looking at?" Um, and then there's a lot of like back and forth between uh, Jerry Armstrong, um, Willie Cager, and uh, Harry Flournoy, because they're trying to show each other up now. There's there's really no respect level right now. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of tension, um, and Jerry Armstrong's like he kind of gives like his credentials he's like i'm the starting forward or i'm i'm starting forward <laughs> and harry Flournoy stands up it's like no i'm the starting forward and yeah yeah jerry armstrong he shoots he takes a bite of an apple and he shoots it into a trash can harry Flournoy crunches a milk carton while looking at jerry shoots it into the same trash can no look no look mm-hmm. from farther away too <laughs> exactly and then it cuts to them playing basketball in the cafeteria mm-hmm. with two trash cans and a head of lettuce. The head of lettuce was great. <laughs> yeah. It's just like out of everything in the lunchroom, you grab the lettuce. A head of lettuce. Uh, so then uh, the cafeteria lady has to ruin it and calls – Ross, who was the spiritual advisor. It was mega chaos anyways. I don't know if she ruined much. Yeah, yeah, it was mega chaos in there, so But they were all having fun. She should have let them have their I don't fun. know if it was fun or just really hardcore racial tension. It was a lot of bull. <laughs> <laughs> like, if we're being honest. I think the fun was when basketball they were shoo- when, when they were shooting the film with the cast. Oh yeah, but how it would be, and if it was real life, if it actually happened in real life, it'd be a lot more it physical. It, it, than it would was. be a lot more racially racial, charged. Yeah, racially charged. Um. So after that, um, Ross comes in. It's like you're messing around like a bunch of kindergarten kids, and tells them to clean the place up. Then we start getting into the more basketball aspect. They're going to practice, and they finally meet, um, coach. Well. Black players meet the janitor, who tell them that oh he's a fr- he's a men- he was a girls basketball coach before this, and they're like something wait. he neglected to tell them earlier. <laughs> right, exactly. They're like wait, what? And they're like okay, well, they and then they go out. They it seems like they meet Don for the first time, um, and Don tells them the rules, his expectations, and it's like. You're going to play basketball my way. My way's hard. And Bobby's like, uh, as long as your guard's wearing a skirt, right? And then they get to run. And run. And run. And then run some more, too. And run some more. They do um, a majority of the beginning basketball scenes are just them running. Yeah. It is kind of their fault, though. He puts down his 
Oh, it's true. Because put down this, his rule. He says, no girls, no booze, yeah, no you, trouble. Exactly. <laughs> you are going to be here. You're going to play basketball. And that's it. You're going to go. You're going to play basketball. And you're going to go to school. And that's it. And I don't want to hear, no, I'm hurt. I'm bleeding. No, you're. The only thing I want to hear is the basketball dribbling on the floor. Exactly. You're not going to talk. You're not going to do anything. I just want to hear the basketball bounce. Mm-hmm. Um, then powerful. Powerful exa- words. Exactly. That any good coach just wants their players just to play basketball. The respect. And exactly. It's a respect level. Like, you're going to respect me like you respect everyone else. Mm-hmm. And he and he has another reason for it. Like, his he brings up his father in this scene. Like, you respect me no, he brings up his father way later on. I, put, I thought he brought it up now. I don't remember that. It may be in there, but, but I... But he does it at some point. He says, my rules are the same respect level that you have for me is the same respect I had for my father and for this game. But, but the point. other players don't really know that. The only player that they actually <coughs> focused on at that point was um, Bobby. Yeah, yeah, that's like the, that's the later he's, scene. He's kind yeah, of the, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of get to that. I'll kind of touch on that for a little a little bit later. He's kind of more of the main character out of all of the all of the all guys the on players. the team yeah, that they focus on. Yeah. He gets the most development. Yeah. Um. So after after that whole scene and after all the running scenes, it cuts to them after practice, and Bobby's like, "Okay, we're gonna go out. We're gonna get in trouble. We're gonna get drunk, and we're gonna go do this, this, and this." In um. Juarez, Mexico. So they cross the border, probably illegally. Um, so they went there. They went to a bar there, and then that's where we meet Tina. Um, and Tina and Bobby have an interaction for the first time. Um, who later on we figure out that Tina actually will be. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and it really wasn't a good. M- impression for Tina on for Bobby well Tina's impression of Bobby wasn't really great um, but she also had her own hang-ups by what her mom told her right her mom had told her everything about well what she thought black men were about and Bobby's like well I'm not that mm-hmm. and so that kind of we kind of leave it there um, then it goes back to more um, bas- uh, and then we go to the morning um and uh so we got morning practice and um don's like como estas everybody willie burps (laughs) (laughs) um (laughs) don's like what was that son i didn't i didn't get that (laughs) and then asked bobby like didn't don't you speak mexican and bobby's like kind of obviously looking tired um and then Don's like, did the evil worm be, uh, bite you last night? Or was it something else? Um, I'm quoting the movie now. Did he say, did he say, do you speak Mexican or did he say no, you he speak, said you speak Spanish? Spanish. Yeah. Spanish. Okay, my, bad. my bad. My bad. My <laughs> bad. Uh, Spanish, yes. Um, and then what do they get to do? It's just more running. Run, exactly. Even the people who didn't do anything. Exactly. Even who the stayed pe- home. Yes, got to run. Um, then it's a m- more like basketball practice and all of that. Um, and then we, we kind of like start to realize one of the weaker players of the team, uh, Neville Shedd, um, and, and Don kind of rides him a lot. 
um, tells them that um, the lady down at Dairy Queen is s- stronger than stronger you. than you. Um, basically, and then tells them like you wake up like a duck, <laughs> a different person every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get to it goes to um, shed in his dorm room. Don comes in, and he's like, "Like, what are you doing?" And then starts packing up a suitcase. Mm-hmm. Tells him, "You're going home in the morning." Like, yeah, you're going home. And like, he's already got a bus ticket for him. All of that. He's like, "Here's a bus ticket." Like, you're going. Like, two days before so the season starts. Exactly. Two days before the season even starts. Well, and this is because. Because of the fact that he was he wasn't contributing a whole lot during practice, and he, he was, was kind of, he would get hurt and say, "Ow, ow, he, ow!" Well, yeah, he wasn't being strong enough. He wasn't trying to defend himself. He wasn't showing that the real skill he had. Right, he was exactly. not putting on the court. Exactly, exactly. Um, so that ma- that makes him like want to compete even harder. It lights his fire. Exactly. Um, so we get to. All the other players in practice, minus Shed, um, but we see him walk into the gym on his own, um, and then team like breaks the the huddle. They start practice, um, and coach is like, "So what are you still doing here?" Shed's like, "I, I want to play." He's like, "No." You're, Don's like, "No, you're not. You're not playing." Um, kind of waiting for Shed to like have that fire have that moment and then we, we see him have that fire and then it cuts to them like doing in a scrimmage and and shed goes in strong to the basket and gets knocked down hurts his nose um and then david latin's like that's how you play mm-hmm. and then shed gets up tries to start running away ross is already over there looking at his nose because he's bleeding all over the place mm-hmm. and so they go into on the, the rental l- floor <laughs> If you've seen if you've seen a review of the Fablemans, you'll get that joke. No, they won't because we never brought no. it up. <laughs> if they've seen the Fablemans, they'll get it. So you just like broke a fifth wall or something somehow. I don't even know how you did that. Anyway, anyway. Oh man. Um. So then it goes to then then um. Shed runs out in a catcher's mask. And two looks tissues like two tissues or something in his nose stopping the blood because he's not going to the doctor and he wants to be with the team and he wants to continue practice. And then so after that, season starts. First games against Eastern New Mexico. Um, and obviously uh, Don has told him we're going to play fundamental basketball. There's a certain like standard I want you to play by. And Bobby was like, I don't want to play this way. Like, and he basically says, we can't play this way either because we only know one way to play. He's like, let us lose. And Coach is like, mm, no, no. Um, the movie makes it look like they're absolutely terrible offensively and defensively, like they can't do anything. And it takes Bobby telling um, – at well, not – telling but asking coach in a in a timeout like just let us play our game and don goes okay you can play your game but you're also going to play mine so after that um they go out and they actually start playing a lot better um it's an immediate turnaround it, it's almost immediate it's like they, all, they like they knew what they were doing 
Uh, no, first game it was easy win against Eastern New Mexico, and then it goes to Iowa was when um, it was like let us play our game because they were down sixteen and a half. Then they were down twenty one in the second half mm-hmm. at one point. So they came back from a twenty one point deficit um, in after that timeout to beat number four Iowa um, in that game. Is this the win where they won? Where they won by one. But they didn't um, actually? No, that was the first game. The first game was no. the one that he was talking about earlier, how it like showed that like he they won by a substantial amount more. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the first game against Eastern New Mexico, it I think it was like seven points or something like that. I forget what the score of that game was. But they won by a handed margin. And I'll explain more of that later in, like, the uh, – I don't know when, but later. <laughs> okay. Um, so um, the next game that they show is Iowa. That's when, you know, they start playing better. Uh, they overcome a 21-point deficit at one point to win by one. Um, and I'll explain more of that later. Um and that's when they start actually winning games. Um, and it just kind of, like, cuts through in, in music and, in, uh, like, almost highlights, but not really highlights of the game. and like Montage type deal? Mo- like a montage of newspaper paper clippings about the different games and who they've played. Mm-hmm. They played Arizona, Arizona State, Fresno State, um, and a lot of lower teams back then, too. Um, then let's see. Next one was, um, Christmas time, right? Yeah, it was Christmas time. And I don't remember the team that they had played the night before. <coughs> they were going out to Seattle was when the whole thing ends. They're 17 and 0 now. And that's like their big, like huge deal. And they go out to Seattle and they're getting ready to play. Yeah, they must have, uh. Because they montaged through most of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was after – I think it was after, like, some some game they, they played. Like, again, I don't remember what what game it actually was. But, yeah, it's Christmas time. They're at a, at a diner. Um, they're all ordering pancakes. And it makes it seem like it's, like, breakfast time. Mm-hmm. Um, so they all order, like, Neville Shed's, like, I don't know what they got, but just order me some pancakes and some – Something with, something with sauce on it. Yeah, yeah. And he walks to the bathroom. Cause, okay, gotta whatever. go to the bathroom. Exactly. And then we got four guys, four, well, I'll say four white guys that come in. Three white um, guys. Three? Mm-hmm. I thought it was four. No, it was just three. Was the three. one dude's peeing the whole time. The other oh, yeah. The, so, yeah. Okay. So, the one, yeah, one guy goes to the bathroom, and the other guys are just standing and waiting. Because mm-hmm. um, they walk in right. They walk in behind him. Exactly. They follow him in. Um, so... And we find out that they're not just using the bathroom. Well, they're not just using the bathroom. That they're there to kind of, not kind of, but beat up Neville Shed. Mm-hmm. Which it's kind of weird. It it kind of makes it drives home that like w- the movie made Neville Shed look weak, and he was the one who got beat up. Um, and it wasn't any other character. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just gave a deep dive right there. There you go. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, after all that, the three guys walk out, Neville Shed comes out. He's got 
he's got he's covered in pee. He's covered in blood because they they dunk him in the and they dunk the they dunked him in the toilet that the guy was peeing in. Yeah, uh, which I get is gross. Yeah. So, uh, but it, that's what happened in but the times. Yeah, ex- yeah, it, it, yeah, exactly. Even worse things. I mean, it, yeah, even worse back then. Um, so he uh, shed walks out. He's covered in pee, covered in blood. Um, and he he's kind of like out of it too. Like he he doesn't really know what happened, mm-hmm. but he knows he's not okay. Um, he collapses in one of the players' arms when they right, go to help yeah, him. Exactly. Um, a couple of the players go over to help him. Um, and then David Latin, and then the. I really don't. No, uh, actually, I can find who it is. Mo. No, it wasn't Mo. Um. It was. Uh, Louis, Louis, Louis Bodine. Uh, the tall forward for the team. He was white, the tall white guy with, with the, the goggles. Oh, goggles. Yeah. With the goggles, yeah. Uh, so those two walk out like they're like ready to. They they want blood, mm-hmm. and so they walk out of the diner looking for whoever did it. Uh, the team they just they get up they start going to the bus. Mo tells them to get on the bus. Willie's like, we're not getting on the bus. And Mo's like, yeah, you are. Uh, so they go out to Seattle. Um, actually, no, they don't go out to Seattle because they, then they go to uh, Eastern New Mexico, uh, East East Texas State, is the next game they go to before Seattle. Seattle, because um, they stop at that motel. Exactly, they stop in a motel. Um, they're they're in a motel. Uh, they play the game. They come back to the motel after. East Texas State, and then they find their at least uh, two of the black players find their uh, room covered in blood. No, we're skipping something. There's a there's a game that we missed because that's when they're on. That's when they're going to the Final Four. No, no, because they go uh, no. they go in the room and they see the blood and everything's tattered. And then when the coach gets in there, he says. Nope, we're going to go to Seattle tonight. We're going yeah, tonight. Yeah, that's when Just they go to Seattle. Get back on the bus. We're that, going tonight. Yeah, that's oh, when they okay. go out to Seattle. Because okay. it's, it's dangerous for them. I feel as if we're missing something, but go ahead. Uh, I mean, we may be missing something. We may, and that's that's fine. We're, we're getting we're to not the, gonna get we're getting to the big moments. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, they find their room covered in their clothes covered in blood and then stuff on the wall that I actually cannot say no. out loud. And you really um, shouldn't say anything. And I really shouldn't say it at all. Um, so, yeah, Don makes it up like we're going to Seattle tonight. So they get on the bus. They go out to Seattle, um, which um, they actually lose that game. Um, and I have more facts on that, actually, because they, lo- they lose by what seems to be like, I think it was seven points out in Seattle, and the coach is pretty furious. Like, you all stunk out there tonight, and he's like, Mo could Mo could play better, but he calls him, I think, uh, Squeegee. Mm-hmm. Um, could play better than better defense than you guys. And then you start realizing that there's actually racial tension going on between the team um, because of what happened to mm-hmm. um, Shed at the diner. Which I, I thought that was kind of a little, like, jarring that that happened i understand why but when they run outside of the diner to fight these guys it's not just the black players it's the the white players are there too right. they're right, right next to each yeah, other exactly and they they tr- they go like 
it's they're one and the same. They don't see color. They just see, oh, you're my teammate. Yeah, exactly. So I um, thought it was kind of weird that like this huge just juxtaposition happened. I don't know if it was through the white players feeling the same way. I think it was just the fear of being hurt by white people probably the yeah, catalyst, probably. and they might not have meant it towards their players, but it, there's easily they're the white players are right there. Right, they're easy to you know. Well, blame. And at that time for for the black players too, they it almost seemed like they got lost in color. Yes, like they just started seeing color after that. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, you're white. Okay, we're black. You tattered our, you destroyed our motel room. You beat up my friend. You're all the yes. same. Yes, you're, you're, I'll say your kind is the one that came in and destroyed our room, mm-hmm. put blood on our clothes <laughs> and writing on the wall. You're the, like, all of that. We're, you're against us, and so we're against you. Yeah, and Armstrong comes in and says some things that are, it might seem right in his head, but they were not delivered the correctly <laughs> oh, at no. all. Oh, no, <laughs> he was like, he's like, I. It feels like we're in the minority talking about all the white players, and it's like, dude. It came from the right place, but he didn't say the right things. He exactly. Um, so he says that, and the black players are like, dude, you are completely wrong. Mm-hmm. And so Don's like, Mecca Brooks, I think he even says, I've you've been the minority for six months. I've been a minority my whole life. life exactly. And just kind of like just rips him. And then Ross is like, you guys, this sounds worse than losing the game. And then Don's like, hold your heads up. He's like, if you want to shut the people up, just win. And that's it. Mm-hmm. So then it cuts to Final Four. Well, NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. Top so four. They're in – the Elite Eight game uh, against Kansas. Um, and uh, it was a great game. Um, a lot of back and forth between uh, Bobby Joe and um, uh, I don't have Kansas's Joe White, I think, or something. Joe Joe White. Yeah, yeah Joe Joe White. Is he, this is the same guy he tried to recruit at the beginning of the movie, right? No, this is a different character. Okay, okay. Um, they happened to be black, and Kansas got him, but he wasn't like an all-star. Okay. Um, I thought this was that character that he tried to recruit at the beginning that said. Uh, uh, no, that was for East uh, East Texas State. Oh, okay. Um, okay. and he, yeah, and I kind of skipped over that point. Sorry, my bad. Um, but anyway, back to uh, the Elite Eight against Kansas. Uh, Bobby Joe and JoJo White are going back and forth, um, scoring the ball, and it was great. Um. I think one of the refs had it in for Texas Western just because of the color. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of iffy calls during and the movie. And a blatantly wrong and a, call. Yeah. Um, so we get the end of regulation, goes to overtime. The Texas Western forces overtime. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in the final bits of the uh, first overtime period, uh, we see um, David Latin dunk the ball. and so while Clean he, shot. Oh, yeah. While, he, while he's on the rim – you hear the whistle right after he like dunks the ball too, and almost like they were gonna call it, and like he was gonna call it anyway. So they call hanging on the rim, which is an automatic technical foul. Basket will count, um, and then the other team gets two free, <laughs> two free throws. Th- to two tie free it up. throws, exactly. So JoJo White, they get to pick who 
shoots the ball too. So Jojo White gets to shoot. He makes them both, and we go to second. We go to double overtime. So double overtime. Um, Texas Western is up by one. Jojo White has the ball in the final seconds. Um, he's right on, right on the edge, um, and he um, he drains a shot right at the buzzer. But in the movie, you see him step on the sideline mm-hmm. before he shoots the ball. And then he pivots back in before and he then, shoots. And then he, yeah, he goes back in, he shoots the ball, drains it. Kansas fans and their players are all celebrating, and then the ref comes in. He's like, nope, stepped on the line, game's over. You think he's not You think he's not going to call it. You think it's going to be right, another exactly, loss. Right, exactly. Right, exactly. You think that's where, they're like, you think this is going to be, like, some, like, boring, sad movie about really nothing at that point then. Mm-hmm. So, and then, so Texas Western wins uh, 81-80 in double overtime. They move on to the final four, um, but it moves them on to win the national championship because they skip one of their games. I don't know why, but mm-hmm. that's Hollywood. So they're now in um, the national championship game in uh, Maryland, College Park, Maryland. It's actually on the campus of the University of Maryland. Mm, where they were cool. playing, so that the field house that they played in is actually gone, but it's actually where Maryland plays basketball now. Okay, so cool. fun fact. Uh, oh yeah, Cole Fieldhouse is actually where it was, um, but they play Kentucky, who is number one at the time, powerhouse school. Uh, they won. M- they've won a lot of championships. Uh, they were favored to win that year too. Um, and they have w- arguably at that point the best coach in college basketball, mm-hmm. uh, Adolph Rupp. Um, and so there's a uh, press interview with the four head coaches before the national championship game. And um, and one of the guys, uh, reporters out there, is like, what do you guys think of uh, Bobby Joe Hill and – Rupp is like, oh, he's a good boy, and then <laughs> you hear Don go, well, that good boy just led us to twenty-three and one in the mm-hmm. regular season, and you know we start getting the the tension between the coaches, like, well, and then Rupp goes, well, it's like, well, here at Kentucky, we don't worry about the other boys; we just play our game, mm-hmm. and then we kind of get it back and forth, and then uh, it also um, Don's wife is in uh, some. Looks like a party with yeah. all the other coaches, wa- some of the coaches' wives, and other people From there. The community, probably all the like moms, higher higher ups of the universities, mm-hmm. all there, and uh, um, so she's kind of overhearing the like some other uh, some other women talking about Don and how he's a terrible person for playing black men. Mm-hmm. For one, and she's li- and they they look over at her. They're like, "Oh, so who are you?" She's like, "I'm Mary Haskins. I'm married to that horrible man you were just talking about." And mm-hmm. then walks away. And then, like, I think it goes back to Don at the interview too. Um, and it kind of cuts to their play. The uh, Texas Western players watching the interview on TV. Um, and then we get Mary Haskins kind of like sitting alone at a. It looks to be like a long table. Uh, another woman comes in, very, very southern accent. I mean, heavy southern accent. It was like, don't pay him any mind. That's just probably how they were raised. 
um, and a lot of uh, a short back and forth, and then we figure out who that other lady is, and she's Adolf Rupp's wife. Which is very which interesting is to see that she's so on the other side. I was really expecting her to be gaslighting her a little bit. Right, exactly, exactly. You would think that, but she was like, she was very kind. She was like, don't, don't even worry about him. Um, and then, so, and then Don, Don and his wife are outside, and they're staring at a, a poster of Adolf Rupp, and he's like, and Don's like, I don't know if I'm supposed to be here. It, and then Mary's like, this is not about basketball anymore, because um, I actually did leave out that the fact that Mary was getting basically death threats and mm-hmm. other letters that she – she would, kept she throw would away. well that Don would get, but she would read them first and wouldn't even show him the Don. And then at one point, she kind of like breaks down and shows him all the letters. He's like, "How many of these have you gotten?" He's like, "A lot." And I throw, and she's like, "I get a lot, but I just throw them away before." Um, he says, "Is this the first one?" And she's like, "No, I've been yeah, getting them forever." Exactly. And she, he's like, uh, "How am I supposed to protect you if I don't know what's going on?" So, I left that part out. That's my bad. Um, so back to that um, the national championship. Um, so there, it goes to Don going to the bathroom, and he there's a, there's two white guys in there. Well, technically three, but two guys in there using the bathroom. Two, but Don overhears them bad mouthing all the players, calling them the, like they shouldn't be there, like all that. I forget what actually they say, but they it's say, they say some. Uh, unrepeatable things right exactly and the one guy turns around sees him and says hey you need to stop saying yeah, you need to basically we, shut we, up. like we need to we need to stop real quick because they've been caught and the one guy still in the stall has no idea that don is in the bathroom says no i'm just getting started wait till you hear what i have to say <laughs> right exactly and then it goes to all the players in the room well it goes to don walking around the the arena on the floor just kind of looking around and just kind of like you could tell he was figuring out what he wanted to say um, and just kind of like taking it all in Um, and then all the play it goes through all the like some of the different players in their room in bed just kind of like talking back and forth to each other and and Bobby Bobby was the only chill one he's like it's just a game just another game Mm -hmm. Um, and then they get the call um, obviously to meet um, Don at the arena so it goes to that, and Don basically repeats everything that the players have heard and he's heard throughout the season. You're a bunch of nobodies. You don't belong here. Um, and some other kind of unrepeatable things, um, but it wasn't as bad as what. But it was. It wasn't said in a bad sense. It was right. said to light the fire, because they the players when he says something, he says something that I'm not going to say right now. But all the players turn around and look at him like, "Did you really just say that?" Oh yeah, uh, yeah. But it, it's—he didn't say it to be manipulative. He said it to say, like, this no matter what, what you've heard, th- you know that you—you you heard me say it, and you can't believe I've said it. You don't think I—you know I don't believe that from you. So why are you believing it from everybody else? Right. He—he he basically they've heard. That, well, Don kind of says makes a comparison but he's he's personally not making it he like compares them like as athletes to monkeys mm-hmm. um and 
that's when they like all of the players turn around. It's like, what did you just say? Like, did you really just say that? Mm. And he, and then he's like, are do you still believe that? And I, I I'm tired of hearing the same old BS. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's when he makes the decision. Well, I don't think it was at that point. I think he already made that decision previous, but he made a decision of starting, of playing seven players, mm-hmm. and that's it. And he lists off all the black players. And, and he sincerely apologizes to right. the white players. He says, I'm sorry. I know how hard you worked to get here. But right now, but this is what needs to be done. Right. He goes, he's like five starters, two subs, 40 minutes, seven players, only playing the black players. And apologizes to all the other players because it wasn't just the black players that got them to the national championship game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everybody it worked. Was, it was the whole team who had got – who had, you know, sprung them to that game, and Jerry Armstrong is like, it's like, he doesn't want to lie. He's like, he's like, I don't want to lie, coach. I want to play, and then just kind of like, but he sees that he sees what he sees. He, I think he finally realizes like, oh, this is what's going on. It's like, it's bigger it's, than just it's him. It's bigger than just the game, and it's bigger than just him. And so he kind of like, gives a. Pump up speech to the players. Yeah, he, he to the black players. He accepts it and says, he, yep. "No, this isn't what need. This isn't what he wants to do. This is what needs to be done." Right, and yeah. I agree a hundred percent. Right, and he he tells uh, um, Flournoy that if he doesn't get back get his uh, get back and rebound, that he's going to be all over his black butt. <laughs> and then and then we get right into the national championship game. Um, so Texas Western comes out, and it, the the angle, the camera angle we get is them running out of the tunnel with how we see is a t- uh, Kentucky fans, and they're all holding drinks, cups, whatever, well, flags. Oh, that too. But is this also the game where they were dumping all the drinks on them? No, that no, was that a different was that was game. Earlier. That was an earlier that game. Canvas. That was the Kansas. That was the one that they lost. That well, that was the game before they lost. To Seattle. Oh, okay. It's one with, of yeah. With yeah, where, where they start dumping all the drinks and yeah. they get in the fight and then yep. they say, you, you don't need to listen to them. Just get going. Right, get out yeah, on the court. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, in that championship game, the first thing we see is them, uh, Texas Western, run on the floor and all of the fans of Kentucky are all holding um, the the uh, flag. Um, the Confederate flag? The conf- well, Technically, no. It's the rebel flag. Yeah. Um, uh, they all they're all holding that and waving it, and then Kentucky runs out on the floor, and then get warm up, and then um, both coaches kind of meet at center court, but Rupp is like, I really don't want to be shaking your hand right now. There's animosity. There's, you can there's a lot of animosity there. There's a lot of tension, and he's like, "Have a good game." And he like, the handshake is it's not a close handshake. It is a like, reach, just to shake, mm-hmm. uh, person's hand. Um. Then we get going during the game, and game starts off. Texas Western wins the tip, and first basket for them is a dunk. I mean, I mean, right off the bat, <laughs> and it's like we talk about a tone setter. Um, so that 
kind of starts the whole uh, how the game's going to go for Texas Western and for the whole game. And it was almost ridiculous. It was I'll give more backstory on the game, but um, so a lot of back and forth on the game, and it's you can tell that um, when the starting lineups were announced, that Rupp was not happy mm-hmm. that it was all black players, all black players, and you can tell he was like, okay, and I, I love this, like it was basically it turned into black versus white mm-hmm. on the court, and it also kind of started with a few games prior. Uh, the crowd when they did the calling off the starters, the two white players went first, and everyone was cheering. And then right when they called, I think it was um, Bobby Hill. Yeah. Then it was silent. No, was the was only the person clapping was the other teammates on the bench and Don. Nobody in the crowd. It was all. It was right because that was immediate. Yeah, that was the first game of the year. They like yeah. Um, Two white players get inter- uh, introduced, and then the three black players. The only people clapping, Don, Mo, um, Ross. Ross. That's it. Mm-hmm. Everyone else is like, "Who are these players?" And we don't need to be cheering for them. They're not right. Exactly. Who are they? What are they doing here? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that's another thing I left out. Man. Uh, so back to the championship game. It's a lot of back and forth. Um, um, David Latin gets three fouls in the first half. Has to go out. Um, so Willie Cager comes in to take his place. Um, Carrie gets injured oh, out. Yeah, injured out. So they they have both of their subs that's right. are out yeah. too. Yeah, Harry gets hurt. Um, and then so Shed's got to take his place, and so. Basically, they're playing with six players now because Harry's out. So it's six players. It's one sub and five stars and, and five people on the court. Um, so first half ends. Texas Western's up by one because um, Pat Riley has a shot at the buzzer to make it a three-point game. So it's 34-31 at half. Uh, we come out of halftime and then – they show uh, Kentucky go on a run, start the start the half, um, and then we kind of see how how good of a coach Don is because he just slowly motivates them to just keep playing and keep fighting, and then we see it, you kind of see two aspects of of the coaches, Don the more um, sincere coach, and then Rupp the more in-your-face, um, not a coach I would play for kind of a guy. He's all about himself. Yeah, he's all, yeah, he's he, all he about puts it, He puts it in a way that seems more like, oh, this is for you guys too, this is for you guys too, but if you listen to what he says, uh, you're probably going to bring it up later, there's yeah. a quote from him yeah. that it just, no matter what he said, it's that one him. thing, it just turns it all around. He's mm-hmm. not he's not there for the players. He's not there for the school. He's not even there for the crowd. Right, exactly. He's there for one thing, and that's himself. That's himself and winning and money. Mm-hmm. Um, but And we'll get to that quote um, for later on in the game. And then so, so 
again a more a lot of back and forth and then start to see um, the skill level for Texas Western kind of take over um, because there's a lot of fancy passes passes you really probably wouldn't see back in that day um, and then so but these days you see them every lot. single game right yeah exactly um, so leading up to the the final timeout with 204 um, Bobby Joe Hill gets a steal uh, ball starting to go out of bounds um, so he saves it behind the back by the way um, which happens the side of the court happens to be on his Kentucky side so he kind of not really runs into but kind of tackles Rupp to the to his chair yeah it's it's when it originally starts his movement it's just intentional to get the ball to his players but as he realizes what he's where he's going and the momentum he has he's like no i'm gonna go full into this yeah, yeah he, go, he goes all out and he they'll take it as an accident it's yeah, fine exactly so he takes Rupp down to his seat um it's nothing bad it just forces him to kind of like sit down and then he gives him a stare really quick as, as cam- you see cameras flashing, old cameras flash. Um, and then I forget who catches the ball. Well, uh, Cager catches the ball, throws it off the backboard to David Latin for a one-headed jam. It was just spectacular. And then so we finally we get the final. No, that was way before the final timeout. So it's final timeout then that sequence so we'll go we'll jump back to the final timeout with 204 and don basically says we got two minutes to win a national championship we need to just go out and take it that's basically basically if you want to sum it down that's all he said he said everything that he needs to say they know what they're playing they know the game there's nothing he can tell them that's like well just just play out there play hard no they're 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 here for it. That's yeah, what they're exactly. And then we go over to the other side, and Rupp um, says, "Like all season long, we're like we we found it. He's like everyone's here had success." And he kind of points around at certain people, and then so here's the line: "It's like we're gonna win this game. We're gonna win this game. So go out and make me profit, because that's all he's looking." And you for. heard that right: profit, not proud. Profit. 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 Mm-hmm. That's all he's looking for because he knows that he's going to get another bonus to his paycheck, and that's all he wants is money. He doesn't care about the players. Well, that's how the movie portrays him. Because mm-hmm. you got to have that villain. Right. you gotta, right. you got to spin it just a little bit. Right. And then we go, and then we go to the, that, the great sequence of Bobby stealing the ball and then alley-oop off the backboard, and that's in the – what seems the what the movie portrays it as the final seconds of the game, uh, Kentucky takes the last court, uh, heave from beyond half court, doesn't mm. even go in at all, and then so we get the celebration of Texas Western winning the national championship game. Um, so that that's basically a, a blown out version of a summarized plot. Um, so any any deep dives here? I have a bunch, but... Yeah, no, I mean, I think the one thing that really stands out, especially with sports movies, because you can never really have... I Well, okay, I guess with sports movies like this, it's hard to have, like, a set antagonist. Like, you don't have, like, a Darth Vader in a sports movie. Like, you have 
each team is almost your their own antagonist. And then Especially they, when it, it's a real-life story. Right, exactly. So then you, like, know that each team they're going up against is kind of this this new enemy to overcome. But the overarching theme of the whole movie is is obviously a, 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 a look at racism, right? And, and racism is the ultimate villain of the movie. But there's some very powerful scenes um, just throughout the whole film uh, of people just realizing that, like, especially on the team, like all of the white players realizing that, you know what, this is bigger than me. Like this is far bigger than anything I could ever do. Um, and the, the black players realizing that the opportunity they have is something that most people will never have. I loved, um, the, there's shots at the end of the film where the game is going on and there are like these, the, I think they're just, I don't know what city they're in or anything. There's just these black children just watching this TV from like outside these windows. And like, they're looking into this TV shop i think of some sort mm. and they're watching the game on these tvs and they're just like so in like enthralled by the film and it's just so it's so powerful to show how th- those idols can become very inspirational in your own life and i just thought that in the sense of i guess that deep dive right on, on the racism behind the film or not behind the film but that the film discusses more than anything it's just very powerful and the story for the time had to be crazy i mean i can't imagine what it would have been like to live through the time where this actually took place i mean mm. the movie's powerful in itself but the actual story is like got to be yeah. 10 times more powerful right? right and so i think that that's just a really it's just a really well done aspect of the film that it's it's always hinted at you always know it's there but it's just portrayed well enough to where you can sense the change over time you can sense the ending where you just see all of their hard work pays off and you see that it's it's not about always winning something, but, you know, it's about winning these battles in society rather than, oh, yeah, I mean, they got a national championship. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. But the message that they left with that national championship was far more important. Right. It's far more important than anything they could ever think of. But th- that's my deep dive, really. Well, it's like it's not really a deep dive for me, but it's like I'll extend it's like, even during that, with the kids watching on the TV, you get you know the group, different groups of you know all the all the black people watching the game, and you even get um, Kentucky student black the black Kentucky students, well, probably some of the black Kentucky students in there in one of the dorms watching the game, and they were cheering for Texas Western, and and you kind of see it. It's like because at one point it's like I think it was after one of the one of the dunks or something. Um, they all stand up and start cheering, and they're like, "Oh crap, we're Kentucky students, so we really can't be cheering too loud, because mm-hmm. you know they probably get out, right, right, pretty quickly." Um, so that that's also it's like you see it's like the kids, the kids at the um, watching it on outside the window on the TV. It's like they weren't the only ones cheering for Texas Western at that time, too. So, yeah, for sure. Jared, you got any deep dives? I think I really got like everything I I uh, got out of the movie when you were talking about the. Oh, <laughs> talking about the plot. Yeah. I oh, okay. My chimes, my chiming in was pretty much my. Okay. So I like I really don't have a lot of deep dives. I just have more of like like facts on the mm-hmm. on the actual real life people. Real life, well, not real life people, but act like what actually happened. Mm-hmm. So I, I said one, uh, they mispronounced David Latin's name. It's David Latine. Um, so they actually, and then instead of beating Iowa by one, they beat Iowa by uh, 18. 
See, that's just crazy to me. Like, I feel like I, I don't understand why you would the game change had it. to be so close. Because I feel like it's, it's – and maybe it changes the message of the story slightly, but I feel like it only benefits the story to, to do that, right? Like, to show that this team – I don't know. I that's also more like a Hollywood, like, oh, right. make it closer for the – for you to get more for a th- with a thrill of the, yeah, of the basketball experience. But they could have picked to not show that game and shown a closer game. Mm, they could have. Yeah, but it's it's interesting. But it's all it's all in the in the end it's all whatever. Well, like I th- they do a, they they sh- the message gets through no matter what. I think it also they they wanted to give probably more Iowa more credit than what they were actually deserved in the game cuz Obviously, if you beat the number fourteen by eighteen points, you're like, well, let's not really make it. Let's not really show the game. Let's show it as a one point game to make it look more thrilling than probably what it actually was. Right. So they probably gave them that. Um, they actually played them not in. They it wasn't. Sca- it was actually in the Sun Bowl tournament, and that's actually still it still happens uh, at UTEP. During the week of the Sun Bowl, hmm. um, which is for college football, it's a bowl game that's played on the campus of Texas Western. Gotcha. Okay. And the stadium's actually named Sun Bowl. Oh, that's okay. cool. So there's there's some facts right there. Right. Um, so they also played Seattle twice that year. Hmm. Uh, they played them once at home, and they won uh, by 15 points. And then they played them out at Seattle, and they, instead of losing by, I think the movie portrays them losing by seven or something like that, they actually lost by two. 74-72. Wow. I I don't remember what the score is now. Yeah, I don't really remember what the score is. It seems like it was not two, though. See, that seems weird to me, too, because then that's like a thriller-type game, too, right? Like, Mm -hmm. why have it be... Well, I think why they made it more than two points is to kind of show the um, the tension going on between the players and how they weren't gelling anymore. That's and fair. It's like yeah, they made it seem worse than it actually was. Mm. Yeah, which probably had more more to do with the entertainment with, like, side of it than the well, the entertainment side, but also like during the times too. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, so. Instead of so Texas Western jumped right into the top ten, not even top twenty-five, uh, when they got to eleven and zero, hmm. and then slowly way, uh, worked their way up to number two uh, in the country, and then they went on the road to New Mexico State the game before they played Seattle instead of East Texas State. So the East Texas State was the second game of the year. Oh, so that game, so that team was the team that they faced. At East Texas State, apparent uh, I, how they portray it in Hollywood, okay. but that was the game where they got stuff thrown at them, drinks poured on them, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that okay. was the second game of the year, and they didn't play them on the road; they played them at home. Hmm, that's strange. Yeah, but from what I remember, they show most of the games as away games. Mm, yeah, some of them. The um, ones that really stand out because they're the yeah, the after the one they get on the bus. Yeah. And then the one at the diner, and then the one when they're at the and then when they the move. motel, and right. the final game isn't even at home. Right. They get on, you know, just they really show like, even though they probably didn't do that in real life, it shows the whole the point of the movie of the the racial tension 
it follows them wherever they go. Right. Right. It's not just, oh, you're at home this week, so you're safe. No, they they've probably still had just as much trouble at home with their own people than they did in other schools. Right, and then you also have visiting people too. Like yeah, it's, yeah. It's not like you're just home and you're fine, especially in something like that. Like you're home, and there's still other people who show up. Like it's mm-hmm. not just you know. So. Um, and then it was true that they actually had a shot to be the number one team because Kentucky did lose um, a couple of days before they played New Mexico State. Um, so they actually had a shot to be the number one team, but they never got a chance. Mm. Um, they faced. So they face Kansas in the Elite Eight uh, in Lubbock, Texas, and that's where Texas Tech is located, fun fact, and then moved on to the Final Four after beating Kansas, and the other three were Utah, which probably surprised a lot of people at that point, and then two of the Blue Bloods nowadays, uh, Kentucky, obviously, and then Duke. Mm -hmm. And then Kentucky played Duke in their their game and then Texas Western beat Utah the game before the national championship game mm. and beat them by seven points um, so I don't even have to say that and then they played uh, Kentucky uh, led by Pat Riley yes Pat Riley who coached the LA Lakers and now is the owner of the Miami Heat mm. um, so yeah um, so in the g- in the national championship game, uh, as I said, they uh, he starts the seven black players, um, so five starters, two subs, and that was the first time that that has ever happened in the ch- in a championship game in basketball. Um, so, and actually, so the first half was actually right score wise, thirty four thirty one, and then second half. Um, Miners actually had a nine-point lead at one point. Hmm. Uh, one th- the final score is actually right to 72-65. I thought this was cool. Uh, the Miners went to the free-throw line 27 times. Went 26 for 27. Well, wow. that's good. Yeah. <laughs> that and shows that that's their skill level. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And uh, so and for my deep dive, but it's actually a fun fact, too. So the win actually helped promote uh, the SEC to um, desegregate. Mm. Um, SEC, that's the Southeastern Conference, um, the conference that Kentucky's in. And so I thought that was really cool. It's like, wow. Because Kentucky, Adolph Rope, I think retires a couple years later. Mm-hmm. Their nec- Kentucky's next head coach, Black, Wins a national championship in his first year. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, and also Ruff recruited a. a black oh yeah, player. he recruited his the first very black next year. Yeah, the very next year. Yeah. Um. Then I think he retired the year after or something, mm-hmm. and then the new a, guy. Yeah, the new guy, and he wins a national championship in his first year. Mm. There was so. one thing I forgot to say that I really like to quote. It was when I think it's in the final game. He's talking to I think. Uh. I don't remember. I don't remember who he's talking to. You might need. You might need to help me with the name on this. But um, he is. I think it's Hill. I think it's Bobby Hill. He says that guy over there is better than. It has more skill or something than you or oh. whatever. But I would choose you a hundred times out of 
out of a hundred over him. Mm-hmm. Right. I, it's not exactly the quote I'm paraphrasing, but right. Basically, the point is he doesn't matter how good this other guy is, he would have picked you in the beginning because you have the heart. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah he's because it's Louis Dampier is who he's talking about. It was like he was an All American and he was a good point guard. And he's like, yeah, Louis Dampier, he's gonna burn you every time you go for the ball. So, and also if I had to pick between him and you, I choose you. And that's when Bobby goes. It's like, of course you would take me, Coach, because you know he wouldn't have taken me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that's that's the that's Glory Road. That's Glory Road and a long version. Yeah. <laughs> Do we want to give our uh, ratings one out of ten? Yeah, ratings one out of ten. Jared, what was your rating? Uh, I'll probably give this a eight and a half, nine. It was a very, very moving story there was so many moments usually in sports movies or like realistic movies like this you get one moving speech from the coach or the main character or you know whatever whatever you get one one and this you get like seven or eight right like every time right. he talks to somebody he's making a huge like um statement a huge sta- yeah like not even to the people in real life and in the movie, it's to the audience, too. Because right. you can take so much away from everything he says, even – it was 66, even, like, 50 years later. Yeah. You're yeah. still – the same thing, same issues. You can still take these words that he's saying and put them into your own life. Mm. And yeah. I, I thought that was really powerful. Mm. Yeah, for sure. I, I definitely agree with the eight and a half. Um, it's very wholesome. It leaves you just with a good feeling. And it's really even cool to see that because of this good feeling movie, like the changes that occurred, like talks about, you know, Coach Rupp and stuff. But even knowing now that the SEC like worked to desegregate after this, that's that's incredible. I mean, that's huge. Right. But the the movie is just it's solid. I mean, I I might even raise it to a nine. I'm kind of I think I'm kind of with you. It's just it's like I can rewatch it. I would I wouldn't mind watching it again. It's a solid story. It's even better. That's a true story. And you might get more out of it the second time you watch. Mm, yeah, and like and like you said, the lessons that it teaches and and the things that it talks about, not that they're still as prevalent today, but they're but timeless. They are timeless, and they need they're things that need to be talked about and remembered. And it's a very solid representation of that story and how to over and how people overcame that and how it can be overcome. Mm-hmm. So my rating, one out of ten, would be um, nine point six. Oh wow. Um, only four spots under 10 just because Hollywood made the movie almost historically, almost historically inaccurate. Which is strange mm-hmm. to me. I, I'm surprised they did all that change to it because I, I, don't, I, don't I don't know. And I don't think they would even ha- – they didn't have to because the actual story is just – But it, you got to remember it was probably a board of, me- of directors and mm. company people that even if – Jerry Bruckheimer or the director said, "No, no, we need to keep it this way." They're like, "We're paying you to make this movie. You're gonna put the little bits in that we need because we need to make some money." True. Yeah. And that that's just how Hollywood works. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I would give it a nine point six. Um, just if it was the actual true story, for me, it would be a solid ten out of ten. And you'd say the the true story is a ten out of ten. Oh, the true <laughs> story is obvious. There was one thing we did forget to talk about, though, and it was at the very beginning with 
uh, Don playing basketball with his two sons. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he passes the ball to his He kid. bounce passes it to his son and hits him square in the nose, knocks him down, and he starts running yeah, to his mom. Yeah, he starts running. And then the, uh, the, the, older, uh, the older kid was like, um, it wasn't me. It was dad. He yells at his mom. Mm-hmm. And then dad says, the way dad, to switch sides. Dad, dad, yeah, Don goes, traitor. And he's <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the son responds, I'm not getting in trouble unless I do something. <laughs> yeah. No, the best response out of the, the whole thing, lines though. from the kids in the whole movie. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think you're right, actually. But they're memorable. And then when you see them sitting with the mom in the stands during the games, you're like, yeah, I remember these kids. They don't have to do much. It's right. Just, well, you missed the best line from the kid. And the mom, when he like runs up to his mom, and she's like, yeah, "You gotta catch it with your your hands next time, not your face. Oh, like, yeah, 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 catch yeah. it with your hands, not <laughs> yeah, catch it with or your elbows. Feet. I don't know. She says something, but yeah, she says yeah. it was a joke. But oh, uh, next time, don't catch it with your face. Yeah, there yeah, you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's a, that's a go then. That's a good. It has some good dialogue in it. Actually, I was impressed with that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Cool. That's been Glory Road, uh, reviewed by the Cup of Jonah Show podcast. As always, stay caffeinated. We'll see you next time for episode nine, and I hope you're having a good day. Talk to you later. All right. See ya. Bye. Hey everyone. We hope you enjoyed the episode today. If you did, you should go check out the rest of our episodes on our website at ccflugnutspodcast.com. You can also listen to us wherever you find your podcasts. Follow us on our Facebook and Instagram pages by searching the Lugnuts Podcast Group. Thanks for listening, and remember, Jesus loves you, and so do we.